Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. And I'm so glad you're here, babes. This podcast is all about opening up, having important conversations and celebrating successes, as well as overcoming obstacles to reign over our own lives. I love to chat to people and I always find things in these conversations to take away and use in my own life. So I really hope you'll find the same as well. Welcome to Rain. Today, we are joined by the new Queen of Scots herself. It's Isis Hainsworth. You may have recently seen Isis in the Netflix movie Metal Lords. And if you haven't seen it yet, think of it as School of Rock meets teen drama as Isis plays the cello playing teen Emily, who, while struggling with her mental health, joins a heavy metal band to compete in the Battle of the Bands competition. Next up, she's going to be in Netflix's new horror TV show, Red Rose, which I cannot wait for as it's promised to be a bit like Get Out. And she's going to be in Lena Dunham's medieval-based movie, Catherine Cool Birdie. We love ourselves, a costume drama on rain, don't we? Isis talks to us about the journey she took to the big screen, from growing up in Scotland, where she had dreams of becoming a dancer, to treading the boards on the West End. Isis also opens up about dealing with dyslexia and using it as a superpower after feeling othered at school. She shares some amazing advice about processing and dealing with mental health issues too. I love what Isis has to say about becoming your own ally, and I hope it will inspire you to be your own best friend too. This episode is for everyone who is struggling to love themselves or been on that journey, because I know I have. Crowns at the ready, let's reign. Well, hello, babe. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Like, <laughs> honestly, I feel like everyone is kind of waking up to your talents right now, which is must be <laughs> so exciting, but then also slightly nerve-wracking at the oh, same yeah. time. So let's take it back to the beginning julie andrew style start at the very beginning very good place to start babes <laughs> so yes, where did you that. where did you grow up walk us through this walk us through this backstory in the sound of music musical <laughs> way you can sing it if you like i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> oh i'd love to sing it well where did i grow up i grew up in edinburgh in leith in edinburgh in scotland yeah um which is funny because now people are saying that i don't have a scottish accent but i swear i do i'm from here that's always fun. I mean, I started with dancing when I was like super young. Um, and then I did that for a very long time. It was kind of very, 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 very intense. I did it kind of every day. And that was what I wanted to do mm. with my life. I was going to be a dancer. It was kind of like dance mums, but Scottish version, which is <laughs> quite mad and intense. Oh my gosh, you're, <laughs> you're going to have to walk me through this. <laughs> So what yeah. kind of dancing were we doing? And like, like, were we doing like oh tap, jazz, the whole kit kaboo? Were we doing a bit of ballet? Were there plies? What was going down? All of the above, everything. We did it all, really. Apart from like hip hop, basically. <laughs> Apart from that, we did all of the stuff. Mine, I really liked kind of ballet and lyrically sort of thing. I was terrible at tap for a very long time. It was, I used to cry pretty much every tap lesson, which was... <laughs> not stressful at all um and then i did that mm-hmm. for ages i did that every day it was like more important than school for me it was like the most important thing in my life um 
And then through that, I kind of did some musical theatre, a little bit of singing, and then a little bit of acting. And then I joined some youth theatres, and that was when really things... I sort of realised that this was something that I could actually do, and maybe I liked it more than just straight-up dancing. Because um, dancing is amazing, but it's... Mm. It's a difficult thing. It's intense, and your career is most of the time very short, and it kills your body, and that's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, it was through youth theatre that I kind of discovered that I love this, and it, it helped my confidence grow so much. And then, and then, yeah, I kind of decided acting is what I wanted to do, which was a great thing. Mm. I'm so glad I realised that, yeah. <laughs> Mm. Well, what was the epiphany for you? Like, because I guess if you've been so passionate about something for so long, and I think so many people resonate with this, like, there's so many things that people were so passionate about, especially when you're younger, and they did it all the time, and then all of a sudden they're like, yeah. right, I'm going to turn back my back on this and do something sensible. But you were like, I'm not going to do something sensible, I'm going to go down the acting route. So what was the, <laughs> yeah. what was the epiphany for you? I mean, I think it was really, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but just in high school, I was doing, like, high school drama, and I'm dyslexic as fuck. I was so dyslexic. Um, so I found, like, most subjects at school really difficult. And it was it didn't really matter, you know, how mm. hard I tried and how much I studied and everything. I was just never going to do as well as my friends were, you know, at certain things. And mm. it was through, yeah, really drama at school and also in youth theatres and outside of school that I was like, it just was this was something that I could do finally and I just loved it um and it helped me get out all those emotions from all loads of different things in my life um and yeah it was like not really <laughs> like all the career advisors and everything were like really this is a really dumb idea like it's, <laughs> you're never like this is so competitive do you really think this is gonna work out for you and I just was like yeah I'm gonna do it I'm gonna fucking do it come at me and then somehow actually managed to happen it's a bit weird <laughs> mental mm, well it's amazing what determination can do and I think mm. that having dyslexia as a kid I've spoken to quite a few people about having dyslexia when they were younger and it it's something that feels like from the words that they've said to me before is it kind of feels like it's something that sets them apart from everyone else but also becomes something that makes them different and gives them mm. some sort of like in the eight superpowers, wow, right? Like what makes them difference made them stronger. Do you feel like that that yeah. it worked in that sort of similar way for you as well? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I mean I did. I spent so much time. I mean, I realized I had dyslexia in primary school, so I was quite lucky we discovered it kind of quite young. But even then mm. I spent so much time feeling like I was stupid. Um and just sort of mm. pretending like I didn't, I didn't care, and you know it was fine. I didn't care that I, you know, failed in all these tests and that I got bad results and all this. And also because my friends were all very academically smart, so it did. I felt very other, you know, very different to all of them. Mm. And it, yeah, it did. It made me feel just stupid for so long. And then discovering sort of performing, and discovering that maybe I was, I could be quite. <laughs> good at it I don't know um it did it was kind of like wow this is you know this is incredible and it did it made me feel yeah like you said kind of like a superpower it's 
I'm so glad I'm dyslexic mm. actually nowadays. I'm like, I can't imagine my life in a different way. I'm very happy with how it all kind of turned out. Um, and I'm also happy that I had to go through all that stuff to get to here now. It makes me feel I'm quite mm. proud of myself, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, which is nice to be proud of yourself for achieving something. <laughs> Oh my God, you should always be proud of yourself for getting yourself through any hurdles that are thrown at you, especially those kind of hurdles that come at you in kind of like adolescence where you're like, oh my God, like how am I going to get through this? Because your whole worldview is so much more enclosed. And I think what's so amazing Mm. about, you know, now you're starring in Metal Lords, which is a real like coming of age story in so many ways. And like, it's so it's it's so many heavy issues in it as heavy as the soundtrack in many ways like heavy beats with all this angst thrown in as well (laughs) so true oh my god i just just made a whole comment about heavy beats super deep yeah nailed it on this heavy beats heavy beats (laughs) heavy beats heavy beats was that a kind of coming of age moment for you overcoming that hurdle what was a real coming of age moment for you yeah really finding the thing that I loved and finding the thing that made me feel confident in myself that's definitely a huge like thank goodness that happened um all, I mean also moving away from home for the first time well, that was all I mean I moved away from home when I was 17 or 18 and I moved to do a show in the West End um mm. and that was crazy it was a lot of firsts all in one go it was doing you know living away from home and looking after yourself and cooking for yourself and then also doing Mm. a west end show for eight days a week eight shows a week even it was crazy intense um yeah and like basically a baptism of fire really in the growing up um part of my life it was like yeah this is you better grow up really quickly now um and it was I mean I loved it I loved it but it was really intense I think I kind of work better in an intense environment I think it's probably maybe stems from the dancing side um I love the intensity of things <laughs> things being really stressful is always quite good for me I think <laughs> all the pressure <laughs> I really relate to that I love high pressure which is so weird because it's something so many people run away from but I'm like I almost like see I'm like the most productive and most active when I like yeah. feel like I'm literally about to drown in how much stuff is going on because then you just get through it it's like a really weird sink or swim thing which is probably actually um not the healthiest way to live but yeah, it gets it's probably me really bad for you <laughs> we manage we manage we get through it yeah I know it's probably we super unhealthy for us, but yeah, we're managing. We're managing, still here, doing it. We're, we're still here <laughs> and we're thriving. And I mean, like you are literally thriving in Metal Lords. And I think it's oh. such a great film for flipping that kind of teen movie genre in so many ways by adding in these pressing issues like mental health and also pushing boundaries mm. in just terms of the smallest things. Like I noticed like, I, one of the main characters has acne and that is actually yeah. so incredible to see that on screen because you never ever ever see that you never see no, people really with acne don't. prone skin on teen movies I've never seen it and then the, it doesn't no, hold back on the swear words either I was like clutching my pearls <laughs> at some point so I was like oh, they just say <laughs> the C-bomb 
How much do you think a film like this that pushes boundaries in this way would have helped you growing up, would you say? Oh, God, probably loads. I mean, even in, yeah, seeing someone with acne on screen, that never happened, Mm. ever. You know, you always see, yeah, these sort of perfect, beautiful teenagers with beautiful skin. And, you know, they're not, probably most of the time, they're not teenagers. They'll be like a 28-year-old playing, (laughs) like a high school student or something. Um, Also, I mean, seeing female rage as well, that doesn't happen very Mm. much. (laughs) Which is like really, it was amazing for me to get to play that. And I hope, I mean, I would have loved to have seen that when I was younger. It's like, oh God, yeah, girls feel angry sometimes and that's okay. I mean, I think everybody is, everybody is quite angry. I would say I definitely have lots of, I've got anger in me. And I don't let it come out in the same way that Emily does. I I suppress my <laughs> emotions quite a lot, you know, to fit into the world that we live in. You kind of have to sometimes. Um, and I don't think I've ever screamed at someone in the same way that she has. So yet, like the first time we did that was in it was the scene where Hunter's doing the speech with the guitar and he's slightly attacking her. Um, and then I got to do this big fuck off <laughs> scream. And it was just, it felt so cathartic. It was incredible, actually. It felt like all this pent-up weirdness just came out of me all at once. It was, yeah, I think we should all really scream a little bit more often. I mean, maybe in our rooms, because it's probably the healthiest thing. Best way to (laughs) deal with our emotions, (laughs) screaming at people. But it was fun. I can't lie, it did feel quite good for me. But I think it is so powerful that Emily does really deal with this rage and she really is working through her mental health in so many ways and even just showing that she takes medication which again is rarely seen on screen or off screen as well like for you what have been your own turning points with your own mental health and your own relationship with mental health oh (laughs) Oh, mental health (laughs) lovely isn't it i i mean i I have, I definitely struggle sometimes with anxiety. Um, And it's something that Mm. I have to deal with. You know, it's not a linear thing. Some days it's better than others. Um, But throughout my life, you know, in the last few years, I definitely am dealing with it better than I used to. Um, I do that thing a lot with the where you count one, two, three, four, five, the five things you can see, four things you can, you know, all those things. And it really helps me get out of my own brain. Um, But it is something I still struggle with a lot. Um, But I've been trying, making a very conscious effort over the past few years to be a better ally to myself, to be my own Mm. friend. Um, which is something I found really hard over my life. I definitely used to like berate myself a lot um, and call myself awful things and everything. But at the end of the day, you you just live. You're living with yourself. You know, at the end of the day, you are alone with your own self as a human, and it's awful to not like yourself. Um, and definitely over the past few years, I like the person who I am so much more than I ever have. And I think I'm 
I'm somewhat a nice, kind person. Hopefully, I try to be. Um, it is. It's a. I mean, mental health. It's never something that I'll wake up one day and now I'm suddenly cured and I'm better and I'll never feel awful ever again. And I mean, it would be lovely if we if that happened mm. for us all at some point. Um, but it is. It's a. It's something I'm still working on to this day, and it's something I will continue to work on. Um, I do. If I ever catch myself being nasty to me, I do try and cut that out real quick. If I, you know, I'm sat thinking of some embarrassing thing I did one when I was eleven or something, it's like I tell myself, "Hold on, hold the phone." Who else in the entire world <laughs> is thinking about that thing right now at three o'clock in the morning? Who is thinking about maybe that one stupid comment you made when you were twelve years old or whatever? Apart from you, and also, was it actually that bad? You're fine. Let it go. It's it's the f- forgiving yourself for the things that you thought were terrible when mm. they just actually weren't. You're just you're just young. I mean, I still am young. I'm twenty three, so I still I still have a long way to go. It's a day to day thing. It's a day to day thing. We're working on it. And yeah, I feel a lot better than I used to, which is lovely. <laughs> what point did they tell you that you were going to have to play the cello? Because, like, did you already play the cello beforehand? Because, or did you learn it? I need to know because you were really good at it. <laughs> I need to know some secrets about what went down there. Like it was incredible. It's like, and I saw on your Instagram that you were literally rehearsing it, and I was like, "Oh my god, she actually played it!" Like, no, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) No, I, I never played. I'd never even looked at cello really before. And then when I was auditioning for it, you know, I read. I was like, read the script, and I saw, oh, she plays cello. Okay, that would be something if I ever was to get this part. That's something I'd need to do. Um, and then mental ended up getting offered the role and then basically kind of straight away I started doing FaceTimes with um amazing cello um teacher Vanessa Freeburn Smith who's just amazing she basically does all the music for every amazing film that there is in the land at the moment so that's was just awesome um yeah and I did lessons every day to learn how to play cello. I mean, I couldn't even hold the bow in the right place when I first started because I didn't have sort of the right muscles in my in my hand and in my arm and everything. Um, yeah, so it was really, yeah, going from scratch, which was quite mental. I loved it, though. It's one of those, like, fear of God things, where, though, where you put something on a CV, which I think we've all done, and then you're kind of then waiting for someone to catch you out. So like, even in that situation where you're like, okay, cool, now I'm gonna have to learn how to play a cello. How do you how do you yeah. overcome and manage self-doubt in that kind of situation? God. Like, do you just part the self-doubt to one side and then just bulldoze through it? Like, how do you deal with self-doubt when you come up against it? I, goodness, how do I deal with it? I mean, with that, I was I was pretty terrified basically the entire way through. I was so I just wanted to get it right. I didn't want people to be like, eh, she what the fuck is she doing? You know, she's messed that up. <laughs> um 
I wanted to, I don't know, <laughs> look like at least I was getting it somewhat right. Um, I just, I practiced so much. Um, me and my teacher, we did lessons every day over Zoom. Um, so by the time we were actually filming those scenes, I kind of knew, like, especially with War Pigs, I think I played that, like, I can't even tell you how many times. I don't know if I can ever actually listen to that song again. <laughs> I think it might kill me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but by the time we got to filming those scenes, they were just kind of like second nature by that point. So it wasn't too terrifying. The first time that I did, we did the, where he interrupts me in the classroom when he first notices, that was really scary. Can't lie. I was totally terrified. Um, but we did it. And after doing it a few times, you know, because you do these things over and over and over again. After doing it a few times, I was like, oh, it's fine. We've got this. And the, Luckily, the crew and the cast, everyone were so bloody lovely, thank God. Um, and they just made you feel really comfortable, luckily for me. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scary, but we do it. We get through it. Yeah. And it's all about having those safe spaces where you feel like you can push yourself and challenge yourself in any environment you're in. And you're going from that environment to Red Rose, which is coming to BBC and Netflix, BC, which is Mm -hmm. described as a horror forward slash thriller that follows the (laughs) likes of like Get Out and Scream. So for me, that's already sounding way intense. Like, yeah, it's a bit intense. (laughs) Walk us through what you can tell us. Give us some teasers and tidbits about it. Mm. Yeah, I I, I don't know how much I'm really allowed to tell you, actually. It is. It's a little. It's a. It's a little creepy. It's a little. A little bit creepy. A little bit spooky. But it's about a group of kids, group of friends, and some shit goes down. I'm not gonna tell you. You're gonna have to wait and find out. Oh my god! I'm going to wait. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't want to get. I mean, they can't fire me now. We filmed the thing already, so surely they can't fire me. already done it already done it (laughs) um but it's got some amazing young fresh new fresh faces which i'm very excited for people to see there's some really cool interesting young actors that i think the world will love so i'm really excited for everyone to get to see them do their thing also it's set in bolton in bolton so we had to do boltonian accents so that was terrifying. Hopefully we did that justice. It's very specific, that accent. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. If people in Bolton hate us, we'll see. <laughs> How did you go about mastering that very, very specific Bolton accent? Because it is, it is a very strong, recognisable accent, but very hard to master, I yeah, imagine. it's incredibly specific. There's a few words... Like, being Scottish, there's a few words that, like, are so freaking difficult for me to say, and I had to say them in more of a Scottish accent rather than a Boltonian accent because they're kind of very similar. We had a very nice um, accent coach on that, although I only met her, I think, maybe three times, so that's scary. Um, I listened to lots of Maxine Peake, basically, doing her thing. And then just basically copied that. Also, we were lucky because the writers are from Bolton. 
So when they, you know, they were able to go, eh, eh, if you said something, mm. you know, a little bit off, luckily. And one of our um, lovely cast is from Bolton. So we sometimes were like, can you, can you just say my line for me so I know what the hell, you know what I'm doing? Um, but yeah, ho- hopefully we managed to do it well. I really, I did, I worked quite hard at it. So sorry if I got it wrong, guys, but I, I hope I did it. I hope I got it right. i'm sure you've absolutely slayed it and i just love that you go from literally being in bolton to then literally doing like medieval period dramas written by lena dunham which is insane and catherine called birdie like what on earth like what is it like working with an icon like lena dunham who has kind of been this kind of very big voice of her generation especially with the working girls like what was that like? What was it like working with Lena? And then you also got Billy Piper thrown yeah. into the mix too. I mean, oh. <laughs> I can't. Lena, I mean, that job was so, I was so lucky to be in that job. I can't actually believe that my name is like in amongst all those other actors who are on that. It's, I like, I have to pinch myself still. Um, but I, Lena was just the most sort of giving director. One of the most giving directors I think I've ever worked with. She was so... She really trusted you because obviously, you know, she's cast you in that part and she trusted that you knew what you were doing. So she wasn't Mm. telling you, this is what I want. She was saying, bring your thing and then we'll work, we'll build from that together, which was so nice. Um, And it's not what you always get. So it was so lovely that it was such a sort of collaborative thing. And I mean, she's just a genius, you know, along with like all the costume and the sets and all the stuff it was like just incredible it was it was like you know going back in time basically um and she wrote that whole thing like she's properly just so good at her job i would kill to work with lena again um (laughs) i really would i would murder (laughs) anyone to work with her again (laughs) i think she's just yeah i mean i'm I'm so excited for people to see that. I hope I hope they love it as much as I think the cast did. Um, yeah, and there's just some amazing performances in there. Bella Ramsey, who's like who plays Catherine, is just wildly good. She's so young, and she's so good. She is going to do amazing things. I cannot wait to see her grow up and do amazing. She'll win an Oscar. I bet you. <laughs> bet you anything. <laughs> Well, babe, you are already doing incredible work and you're going to go on and get that Oscar. I have no <laughs> doubt about it. Like, Aww. you're just going to sail on from here. Like, just like even just doing that level of varied work in the space for a year, I mean... <laughs> it's a bit mad. How can you do it? It's, it's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. You're too sweet. Do you feel like you've really stepped into your power now? Do you feel like you're in your power now? I really... Re- yeah. Yeah, I I can't lie. Yeah, I feel so much more powerful than I ever have so far in my life. I think there's still a lot more power for me to find. And obviously there's so much more for me to learn mm-hmm. and, and a lot of more room for me to grow. And I'm very, very excited um, for the rest of my life and to see what I get to do. Um, yeah, I'm... I feel powerful, you know, I, I, not all the time, not every day, but far, I feel, yeah, I feel 
excited for my life, which is really nice. It's a really good way to feel. I feel very excited and hopeful. Yes, and that's what it's all about. This is what this whole podcast is about. That's what about life is about. It's stepping and finding that power and also knowing there's always still room to mm-hmm. grow, right? And that leads so nicely in what you just <laughs> said into this final question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you will always live by? What will that rule mm. be? In my short life so far, <laughs> <laughs> and I hope to live by it forever because I think it's a good rule. And I'm sure I'll come up with different rules as I get older as well. But I would say, don't be a dick. I know that's maybe a little bit boring, but it's just true. <laughs> <laughs> Be kind, I think. I've I've lived by that my whole life, and I intend to continue living by that. I think there's nothing wrong with being nice and not being a total dick. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love that, because... Do you know what the thing is, is that there's just something about <laughs> what I love about doing this podcast is you have people from all across the whole world doing it. And um, and what's so great about British people is, is that sometimes they will just say, don't be a dick. And you're like, yes. Yeah, you're not wrong. That is, like, that is just it. Say it as it is. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Like, just don't be a dick. It's such a great one. And honestly, it's been so great talking to you thank you so much thank you so much for having me thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of rain i really hope you found something to take away from this episode and if you have let me know you can always get me on socials at josh smith hosts i love to hear from you And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow wherever you get your podcasts from. And more importantly, please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. Let's get those convos going and I'll see you next time. Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.